Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is C.W. Thank you for checking out the Health Connect South Radio show. On this week's episode, Jay and I sat down with Chief Science Officer of United Sciences, Carl Hatzilius. We were talking about the way that United Sciences is deploying a cool 3D imaging sensor that they have designed that allows them to take very accurate measurements and get a 3D image map of the inside and exterior of the ear. Using these 3D images, the company is able to create perfect-fitting, custom-made headphones some versions of which actually contain sensors that can accurately measure a number of body functions from pulse oximetry, how much oxygen is in the blood, heart rate, actual brain activity that would indicate whether you are stressed or focused or sleeping well, to even the muscle activity of your face in cases where someone might be experiencing problems around TMJ issues. The custom fit headphones called AWARE also contains accelerometers just like your phone so they can measure steps taken and pace, things like that, giving the user the ability to measure a host of things around what their body is doing both in response to activity as well as rest and compile that into a picture that helps them modify their behaviors in some cases, optimizing their level of health. Carl shared with us a number of use cases for this device, in addition to just overall wellness and fitness type training and behaviors. They're actually working with academic institutions to look at how accurately these devices are able to obtain these readings, possibly empowering researchers to use these types of easy-to-use and mobile devices to conduct studies that might identify, for example, emerging dementia, for example. We always enjoy sharing these amazing innovations with you, so stick around for the full interview with Carl Hatzilius of United Sciences coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South radio show, episode 57. Oh my gosh. That, already. I can't believe that. That's Jay Schaefer. Hey, C.W., how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's an interesting technology that we're going to be talking about today. We have Carl Hatzilius. He's the chief science officer of a company called United Sciences based here in Atlanta, and they are taking advantage of printable technology, 3D printing, and um, and wearable device technology to combine that into some really interesting uh, products that I'm very curious down the road to see just how far and where this can go. It sounds like there's probably a lot of opportunities for it to diverge in a bunch of different directions. So, Carl, thanks for taking some time, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, I was looking through your background, and looks like you've got a number of patents to your name and been in the technology space ever since you graduated from Georgia Tech. So introduce folks to your background. Talk about your history a little bit. What led you up to this place? Sure. Yeah. So uh, actually, when I was at Tech, I started a company doing 3D scanning as a service. So um, what that means is I would scan all sorts of stuff. So I would scan actually pigs or chickens <laughs> or cars, a lot of cars, airplanes. I scanned the, the frame around the Declaration of Independence. And I would do 3D scanning for people because the uh, they didn't really have a way to get these objects into the computer other than uh, hiring us. So we would 3D scan stuff and then give them the data. They would do whatever they were doing with it. And I did that for about four years. And I was using these 3D scanning technologies, but I wanted to build my own. So I was using off-the-shelf stuff. And uh, so I decided to start writing small business innovative research grants. I tried a couple. And then I found one from the Navy where they were looking for a way to do custom hearing protection. And uh, so they wanted to make... um, 
hearing protectors. They wanted to 3D print them and put them in the ears. They're more comfortable. They're, they're more consistent. So they wanted a way to make those. And they actually uh, put out a, a proposal or a request for proposal. We wrote the, that and uh, won the phase one. Um, and so I decided to sell the, the first company doing the 3D scanning services to start this and really focus on 3D scanning ears. <laughs> so I walked, I went on the website and watched the video that you have there about the aware headphones that have uh, sensor technology in them that allow you to monitor a number of different bio data points. And it was, it was intriguing how you use specially designed 3d scanner that you can actually insert a part way into the ear canal to get a 3d image. It's like taking an impression, if you will, using a, an electronic device. Yeah, so it's it's similar to an otoscope. So if you've been to the doctor and they look in your ear, that device is an otoscope. And uh, what we have is it's basically an otoscope with a 3D scanner on it. So you can scan the inside of the ear uh, in the canal, uh, pretty pretty deep into the canal. We can go to the second bend, which is uh, it's a part of the anatomy that everybody has in their ear. Uh, and then we can also scan the outside of the ear, the whole pinna, which is the the part of the ear that you see. And typically, when we're scanning for a product um, like a, a hearable or a an in-ear monitor or something, we're going to scan the concha and the canal. And that's uh, that's what our scanner can do. Right. So what did the Navy end up doing with the earphone uh, prototypes? Uh, so they're, they're still working on, mm-hmm. on having, uh, we're working with them to mm-hmm. put these scanners across the, the Navy. They actually proposed to Congress to roll out uh, these. Uh, oh, these. Uh, and, and which members of the Navy will be using them? Uh, so initially, our mm-hmm. grant was for uh, flight deck crews. So okay. it was uh, people you'd see, you know, bringing the planes in. With the orange uh, popsicle uh, that's right, li- that's right. flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those guys were, that's where our grant came from. It's from Nav Air, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it goes across all the different divisions. So the Army has some interest. Um, and then um, all Nav C, Nav Air, um, Air Force as well. When you see images of the flight deck of the carriers, they're always wearing those large over-the-ear shell-type headphones. Would this, I guess, replace that? Uh, no, it'd be an addition. So okay. underneath those, they're supposed to wear, uh, they're supposed to have double hearing protection because oh. they need about 50 decibels of attenuation. So mm-hmm. the over-ear is about 25 and then the in-ear is about 25. Um, but a lot of times what happens is they have those foamies and mm-hmm. the, the foamies are very uncomfortable to wear. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, and actually, if you look at the box on how you're supposed to wear them, you're supposed to have the end of that foamy flush with the exit of your canal. <laughs> which is way deeper than I've ever seen anybody wear them. So they did a study. Only 7% of people wear them like that. Yeah, they're always half out when you see other people. So when you wear them not all the way in your ear, you don't get as good of attenuation as the box says that you get. So they end up having a lot of hearing loss disability. Uh, so then actually the, the, the DOD has um, uh, over a billion dollars a year that they're paying in disability through the uh-huh. VA. And that's just in dis- disability payments. So it's not the cost of care. That's just in the the hearing loss disability payments. Wow. So talk about AWARE and what you're trying to achieve with that device because it's it's a headphone, but it incorporates the technology you talked about where you're 3D scanning the, the customer's ear and then 3D printing the actual device that's going to sit, that, that's going to house the, the headphones themselves so that they fit perfectly. Right. And you're integrating some on some versions of the of the headphone you're integrating a number of biomarker monitors so talk about what inspired you to do that and and what it's all about yeah so this uh, this actually came about uh, because we've been working on this ear scanner for a couple of years um, we initially started with um, working with a hearing aid company because there's a lot of hearing aids that require this 3d scan and so we initially licensed our technology with uh, with the hearing aid company and 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 we're focused on hearing aids but we wanted to 
um, show people what was possible. So we started building some of these products. And um, so we, we would initially start to print, 3D print headphones and make just headphones. And then we integrated some sensors. Um, so we started with EMG, which was an electrode that touches the skin. And we put it inside the ear and we can get your master and uh, temporalis muscle activation uh, so that you could uh, detect if you had, uh, if you're grinding your teeth, if you had uh, TMJ, it might be an interesting uh, way to track that or to, to, to stop that from happening. Um, and then we integrated some other sensors. So we put uh, pulse ox in the ear. Um, we found out that we could um, put an accelerometer in the ear, track head position, count steps. We put some microphones in. And then so we can do um, situational awareness so that you could have a microphone on the outside, on the inside, and then you could uh, play sounds to people or turn them off if you wanted. Um, and then we also found out that you could do brainwave monitoring, which was uh, one of the more, I think, unique things that we can capture from the ear. Um, so those same electrodes that we uh, initially were working on EMG, um, EMG for, so that elect, uh, the muscle activation from the jaw can actually pick up uh, the brain waves. So we've been focused on doing that for the past uh, you know, year, year, two years, um, picking up brain waves and integrating those into these, uh, these devices. So what we get um, and what we've shown is alpha waves, uh, beta waves. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but um, they, they correlate with relaxation and focus. And we can pick those up over a long period of time from a dry electrode uh, that can be easily worn. So it's kind of unique. You know, usually when you see somebody getting um, brainwave analysis, they have to put on this big mm-hmm. skull cap and wet mm-hmm. electrodes. And it's a, it's, a, it's a quite involved process where ours are pretty much you just put the headphones in and then we're, we're capturing the signals. And the device is... Bluetooth enabled, from what I understand, I was watching the as I was watching the video, the one they were showing there was a Bluetooth enabled. You have with you today a wired version that's attached to what was looks like iPod <laughs> wires, and uh, they they fit pretty nicely there. So is is the the final product aimed at being Bluetooth and oh, wireless? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we have uh, we have some Bluetooth versions. I didn't I didn't bring mine today, but we have a Bluetooth headphone that has no sensors. Um, so it's it's just for music listening, but it's it's a great sounding headphone. It's going to be uh, the most comfortable headphone probably you've ever worn uh, because it's 3D printed, you know, perfectly to fit your ear. And then we also have uh, the Bluetooth wireless version with the, the sensors in it. So it's going to have EEG, EMG, and ECG sensors. Um, those are electrodes that touch the skin. It has a pulse uh, pulse ox sensor, so we can do pulse um, monitoring. Um, and then we have an accelerometer inside, a nine-axis accelerometer. We can do head position, uh, step counting, things like that. And then we also have a microphone array on the outside, um, to give you situational awareness and a microphone on the inside um, if we want to do uh, active noise cancellation or if we, um, in a high noise environment, we could actually pick up the speech through bone conduction. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but uh, so we could turn the microphones on the outside off and turn them on on the inside of your ear on and then just listen to the sound that travels through your head and uh, actually play that back to somebody. When it's coming through the the transmission mode, is it able, does your voice have its normal quality, if you will, through that sort of format. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it sounds a, if you just take the microphone from the inside, it would sound a little uh, muffled, especially especially the high the <laughs> yeah. high frequencies. Right. So the, a lot of the, the lower frequencies would get through and the high frequencies would be attenuated. Uh, but what we can do is use beamforming. So we have microphones on the outside. So we have this microphone array and we can figure out that the sounds coming from uh, in front of your face uh, are actually probably your voice and the sounds that are coming from everywhere else are probably not. And we can correlate those with the sounds coming through your head to figure out even more which ones are your voice. And then um, using the signal processor, we can play those back and get something that's more similar to 
your normal voice. But even with just the one that's inside the ear, it is, um, you can communicate with it. So you can understand each other. It just doesn't sound as good as a, a sure. microphone that was in front of your mouth. When you're looking at the EMG sensor, you were talking about how it can pick up the, the muscle activity that would affect TMJ. How do you utilize the data? Yes, you're, yes you are activating those muscles. How do you then turn that into actionable so and in that use case, we, we actually haven't built that product. So what a, one of our things about our product is that it's an open source it's a, and it's a platform. So what we want to do is we want to find doctors or, or people who are interested in trying to solve those problems. So we know that it is a, a use case that we could do. Um, and so presumably we could find a, somebody who is interested in building a product around that. So you could buy the SDK and then you could use our sensors and our software development kit to build a product that actually solves that issue so what, what would what it would do is it would track it would track your muscle activation in your in your jaw and it would let you know that you're doing it and so it's essentially just a, a reminder to relax uh, so we, we've actually talked to some doctors who do this uh, right now they use the bite block and uh, so they treat TMJ and the way that they treat it right now uh, during the day since it's it's kind of it's not the best to wear a bite block during the day it's kind of weird uh, the way that they they treat it during the day is they put a rubber band on your wrist and every time you find yourself gr grinding your teeth or snap clenching your jaws, you snap it. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that's the state of the art right now, whereas our device could uh, be worn as a headphone all day and uh, let you know that you are clenching your jaw. So it zaps you in your ear instead it's of on better than leeches, I guess. Yeah. But um, it seems like the since it's custom fit to each person, you can get normal activity. Some of the brainwave things, you have to sit in the chair, and like you said, the wet electrodes. So this gives a... You can still be active while they're doing monitoring. Is it open up some new areas of brain research? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we're working with some doctors. Um, uh, there's some, some at Emory that we're working with that are interested um, in tracking um, the brain over a long period of time. And so mm -hmm. what they're hoping is that it'll correlate with some of these other uh, maybe neurodegenerative d diseases or brain disorders um, over a long period of time. They wanna they wanna track the brain waves and the pulse and the head position. And then look at that data from people who are healthy and people who um, end up getting sick and then see if they can find anything in that data uh, that indicates that, it, that they may have something coming up. And uh, so that device, uh, we, we could build that in the future with them. Or focus, with, whether you're in focus or out of focus. I think one of the videos you had the athletes in there. Right? Yeah, so you yeah, can yeah. help them stay when they're in the zone. Right. Uh, so uh, so we have a couple um, consumer use cases that we have already that uh, that. They're they're not medical device products, but they're they're built for consumers. So, using the EEG, what we could do is help you relax. So it's um, what we're going to be monitoring is your brain waves, and um, we're going to be able to tell you when you're in your relaxed state. So there's a uh, this uh, this thing called alpha waves, which are uh, correlated with your brain's relaxation state. And so we monitor your brain, and then we give you this device that can measure your alpha waves. Mm -hmm. And it's it's, it's kind of like something you've never been able to measure before. So imagine trying to lose weight without a scale. This is this is a device that gives you the ability to measure when you are relaxing, and then as you get that feedback, you're able to focus or, or better relax because um, you know when you are relaxing with the device that tells you. Um, similar with focus, we could help you realize. Um, so let's say you're doing a project and you put the headphones in and you want to concentrate, um, and you actually you can. You can track your brainwaves the whole time you're doing this project, and then you can go back and you can look at uh, your chart of what you were doing, what your brainwaves were doing, and you can see when your focus was up and when your focus was down, and you can learn to focus better by having this ability to even just look at the data. Track and see which music helps you focus, too. Yes, That's exactly. what I would see. You think that 
<laughs> your Barry Manilow may not be helping you as much as you think, CW. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, don't knock Barry, man. Okay. <laughs> he chills me out. <laughs> I can imagine that there's a lot of potential for a device like this once you've gone through your, your you talked about needing to go through clinical trials to be able to use this in medical applications. Sure. But it would seem, given that it does pulse oximetry, you can pick up uh, heart rate, different things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it would seem that in a in a hospital or healthcare arena that there would be a bunch of different directions they could go with that. Yeah, yeah, we've been getting a lot of pull from the medical uh, medical community in particular for this platform. Um, and so each, you know, we talked to uh, somebody doing chronic pain, and he was interested in in using it for his his area. And then we talked to some people doing sleep monitoring, and they're interested in their area. So. Uh, we've had a lot of interest from uh, from the medical community, that's for sure. Before we went on the air today, you mentioned that uh, an, an academic institution is looking at doing a trial. Are you able to talk about that? Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much they want to share about their exact uh-huh. uh, their exact trial, but they uh, they are interested in doing um, long term analysis um, of the brain to see if they could fi- figure out the onset of some neurodegenerative diseases. So what they would be doing, I guess, is taking what would be considered a traditional means of evaluating a patient, like with a standard EEG as we have it today, and then comparing against data that you're getting from subjects that are using this device to measure the same thing, I guess, and then to determine, do they correlate accurately? Right, right. So that they, um, so that's initially where they're going to start, uh, is they're going to use our device in conjunction with ambulatory EEG, which is um, a device that you can actually wear home um, sometimes. Uh, so they, they'll put some electrodes on you and you can wear those uh, for an extended period of time. But even even in those studies with the electrodes that they stick on your head, uh, most of the time they only last a day or two uh, before they fall off. And so they're only able to do one to two days of studies like that, but they want to start there. So they'll put our devices in the ear and then they'll put the electrodes on the head. They'll monitor them for a, a period of time and then we'll see what correlates with the electrodes in the on the scalp. But one of the things that's interesting about the ear is if you look at the place where the ear canal is on relative to the brain, uh, it's directly underneath the temporal lobe. So uh, the temporal lobe is where a lot of the, the memory um, memory encoding occurs in the brain. So when, when your memories are being stored, uh, there's a lot of activation that occurs in the temporal lobe, especially in the hippocampus, which is part of the temporal lobe. And so the, just the position of where our electrodes are is interesting to the brain scientists because uh, they they think that they might be able to pick up something that they actually really can't get access to from a scalp electrode. Um, and then it's in particularly interesting in neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's or dementia um, because because of where we're getting this data. We're talking with Carl Hatzilius. He's the chief science officer for United Sciences, a company that developed an application and device that was a- enabled them to do 3D scanning of the ear and its canal to enable them to then produce through 3D printing, uh, a form-fitted, custom-fitted in-ear device that sits very comfortably within and on the outside of the ear without the pressure that's needed on some of the other like rubber form-fitted. We talked about that, how they can get uncomfortable after a period of time. And then they've begun to integrate a number of different sensors that allow them to look at a host of biomarkers from EEG to heart rate to pulse oximetry to muscle activation of the jaw, for example, a host of different things that they can do with it. You talked about the fact that with it being custom fitted where you go and you get scanned and then they've got to 3D print them, what's the what's the turnaround time? How long does it take me to get my headphones once we've done that? Right. So the, the printing itself takes, uh, depending on the printer, about 40 minutes to print. 
40 minutes to, to two hours, depending on the printer. But uh, so that's not the only thing that we have to do with it, but the sure. electronics in it and to build yeah. it. So with the, the wear product, we're actually going to be shipping it one week after we receive the scan. And how do you manage to, how do you scale that when you're going to, I assume you want to sell millions of them. Yes. So from that perspective, it would seem like that's, um, logistically, that's challenging. I guess there's companies out there that they have just a giant bank of 3D printers that can produce a product like this because it's small, obviously. It's not a large piece. Right. But they have a number of these printers running in a there, big warehouse. There are, actually. There's a lot of... Uh, so. Um, hearing aids are one of the only products that's kind of mass produced with 3D printing that I don't know if, if you if you know about that, but that's one of the products that it, it is produced. So there's millions of hearing aids produced every year that are actually 3D printed. Um, but there's also other 3D printing farms, I guess you could call them, where they have a lot of 3D printers in a, in a room and they 3D print stuff for people. Um, there's And we can use either people who have been set up to do molds for uh, hearing aids and in-ear monitors, or we can use uh, people who, who set up uh, 3D printing services. Um, we also have our own 3D printers uh, that we use, but we use a variety of those different options, contract manufacturers, uh, to be able to produce these in large scale. So the production of the devices, there's there's actually a lot of options for us. What do you envision as your model? Are you going to, will your goal be to around the country and I guess ultimately around the globe, you'll have a little place where you can go and do you see, I guess it would seem to me that to do that 3D scan, you're going to have to have a person do it. Yes. Uh, so from that perspective, there will be some some cost, but you feel like that's a model that will allow you to, you can scale it as wide as you want? Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we've we been working with uh, retailers. They're actually very interested in bringing this type of a product into their store because it it, it draws people into the store. It's a cool experience. Interesting, yeah. I, I have the scanner with me if you guys mm-hmm. want to check it out when, when we're done, but it, it's a cool experience um, that it was surprising. We went to CES and one of the things that surprised us was how interested people were in watching their ear get scanned. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's, I don't know if you've seen the videos, but when, when you, right. the scan happens, we, uh, we actually sit you in front of the computer and we scan your ear and you watch it build a 3D model of your ear in real time. So it's just a cool experience to see that. And that draws other people in to see it. Uh, so the retailers are interested in, in having that experience. And so um, we envisioned having these scanners all over the country and we're already working with retailers to do that. Uh, where we will have them all over uh, the country in different places. So places where you might buy electronics already right now. Um, and not just in the U.S. We actually have a lot of interest in uh, Japan and China and in Europe as well. Where is the product in its life cycle? Is it available now or is it still, quote unquote, beta? Where where are you in the in the launch of this to the public? Yeah, so we were actually running a, a Kickstarter right now um, for our uh, aware hearable is what we're calling it. It's a wearable for the ear. So it's a, it's a headphone with uh, these integrated sensors. Um, and so we're running a, a Kickstarter right now for that. Um, and through the Kickstarter, you have the ab- ability to, to pre-order or buy the product right now. You can buy a, a Bluetooth version of the hearable with, with all these sensors in it. Um, and that's, uh, that's available now. But uh, we're shipping the product uh, uh, towards the end of the year. Right. So if I do the Kickstarter, then I'll get my headphones, you're saying, in at this year's end. About- yeah, there are different options. There's 20 days left on the kickstarter.com, and we'll put links in the blogs that we set. But there's different options. You can do a $99 option or a $249 option that have... Uh, you get the scan either way is what I understand. Yeah, the but one, you. the $99 is just the basic headphones, and the other one has the sensors in it. Or th- Those are the options uh, right now on the Kickstarter. You can get the software development kit. 
as well. There's just different levels. So if you want access to all the raw data from those sensors, we can give you the, you can buy the software development kit and then you could uh, use the product to build a use case around that. We actually have, uh, we can set you up with our, with our 3D printing platform or we can teach you how to do the 3D printing will work either way. Uh, It's an open source product. So we want to enable people to build more products for the ear because we want more people to get 3D scanned for these products. And and it seems like there's a a gamification app or an app layer here. Once I have my aware hearable, I want to be able to track the data myself. So what's the status of of me getting my data out of the app? Yeah, so we, we actually have an app that okay. uh, we have So for these consumer use cases. So mm-hmm. for activity monitoring, um, if uh, if you want to do focus, if you want to do relaxation, if you want to do some sleep monitoring, we have we have an app that we're building already uh, okay. that will use these uh, the sensors. And we, we put together um, the functionality we talked about, so the, the relaxation uh, mm-hmm. monitoring, the focus monitoring. It's give, essentially giving you a tool to measure something you right. haven't been able to measure before. Um, and then sleep monitoring as well. So while you're you're sleeping, you can wear this device and you can track your EEG, um, which will do more than most of the sleep trackers do now. So most of the ones uh, just use an accelerometer, which determine if you're moving or not moving. Um, but what we're able to do is track the the EEG directly, so we could pick up when you're in which stage of sleep, and then um, when you're in REM or not yeah, REM. That would be much more valuable. The fit I'm uh, addicted to my Fitbit for the steps, but the sleep monitor I did that for a few weeks, and it just didn't prove much value. It would come off during the mm-hmm. night, and it would tell you you rolled over at 3 a.m. or something. Not really, very actionable. <laughs> you need to link up with the folks that are also here in Atlanta over at the rest bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a very smart bed that has a lot of sensors in it, but to be able to add the EEG component to what they're doing might be a nice collaboration yeah, there. We'd, that we'd love you. the intro. Yeah, so it's it's an open source, uh, you know, project. So what we want to do is is find other use cases like that for our device. So how, what part of this is protected, I guess, f- from that perspective? What, what can you, by letting people have access to the coding and they can then add layers of functionality, I guess, to it. But how do you, how do you protect all that? I mean, what, what part is not able to be duplicated, if you will? So our ear scanners actually it, uh, is the part that's, is, is, you know, where we wanna, yeah, what we want to do is, is put the scanners out there and, and 3D scan people for these uh, different use cases. And so for us, building different use cases around uh, these products is what we want to enable. And so uh, I don't know if that's a that's your question. Well, in terms of, you're going to be a manufacturing a headphone, yes. for example. People would be, then just be looking for maybe different sensors or different ways to use the sensors that you have here already. Is that when when you're looking at being able to have people build out other use cases, if, for example, are you saying that they would try to find maybe another type of sensor to, to add to the device already, or ways to use what you've got here, the EEG, the heart rate, the pulse oximetry, and that type of thing. I think, I think most of the time it's going to be using the sensors we already have integrated into the, mm-hmm. this uh, device and, and using them in different ways. Maybe maybe certain applications don't need, let's say, the pulse ox or certain applications won't need uh, the accelerometer, but um, I think they're, they're essentially going to be using our, our platform um, and using it in their use case. It would seem that with it being custom fitted, we talked a little bit about it being wearable, that with it being custom fit to my particular body's anatomy and shape and size and so forth that the the detection by the monitors are going to be a little bit more accurate than just a device that I strap on my wrist, for example, that doesn't right. always maintain That's right. ideal contact. Is that w- what we're looking at here? Yeah. So, you know, I, I tell people what I do and a lot of times their reaction is that their headphones don't fit. They, they tell me that uh, their headphones fall out of their ear. They have to constantly adjust them. Um, and that's because most of the time they're trying to make a product fit everybody or a, a large majority of people. And they, they only have 
one product to do it with. So the way that they get by that is sometimes they'll put um, like rubber on the, them and, and it kind of expand into your ear um, or any other part of the body. Actually, the, the way that they get fit across a lot, not large number of people is actually putting pressure on you. Um, and so that can be uh, lead to discomfort or it can lead to movement because the device might actually move because of the pressure. Uh, and so where our device is, is a perfect fit. So it's a 3D scan of your ear and it's a 3D print from that scan. So it's it's not something you're probably used to, but it, it it's a it's a hard shell product that'll fit in your ear very comfortably and stay in place. So one of the advantages that gives us um, is that it won't move when we're acquiring these signals. So some of the other problems you'll have with these soft rubber parts is that they'll they'll actually move. Right. And so these sensors will will end up with a lot of noise artifacts in the data, um, and they'll they'll spend a lot of processing time and a lot of effort getting rid of those. Whereas our device will sit still in the ear, um, and we will acquire these signals uh, more cleanly. And so we reduce the amount of uh, battery draw. We extend, you know, the, the life of the product and get better signals. Actually, I can. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking of different things that you'll be able to integrate with, like the, for example, Under Armour. I guess got into a relationship with My Fitness Pal, and they integrate with wearables like My Fitbit and things like that. Matt, My Runs, the other one that's the Under Armour company. Yeah, there's a lot in the in the fitness area. Here. It seems like the custom earpiece could be anybody that does communication. It seems like that would be an improvement over calling on the phone or whatever. It's going to be Bluetooth enabled. So sure, yeah. If you make a, it sounds like the, the widest thing is a custom earpiece. And then you have underneath that, you have different markets that you could go under the, the task. It seems like, is where do you go first? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Where, and just keep your focus. So, so yeah, that's yeah. one of the challenges that you have. I, I use mine often for doing phone calls. So one of one of the big use cases is actually just a headphone with integrated microphone. It's a comfortable <laughs> headphone, um, and it'll it kind of sound isolates you. So it, it does provide around twenty five decibels of attenuation. So that's that's a pretty good amount of, of sound blocking. So if you're on a plane and you want to listen to music and not have all the the plane noise, this is actually a really good use case. Or if you want to talk on your phone and kind of block out the sound from around you. It's a, it's a really good use case for our device. Now, were you saying earlier that it actually has some active sound cancellation com- capability as well, like some of the others where it just it uses that external mic that you talked about and you don't hear that sound anymore because it's actually counteracting it? Right. So we actually have, um, we're providing passive attenuation with the device, but we have all the, the electronics and all the sensors to do an active noise cancellation device. So you need microphones on the outside, mm-hmm. you need a microphone on the inside and a digital signal processor to take the signals and cancel them out. We don't, we, we're not building an active uh, functionality right now. We're doing, a, we're doing a passive. Um, it is something that you could use these sensors and, and actually build that. So would that be something that you would wait for a Bose to use your actual device and then they go in because we know that like they're, they're a company out there that does noise cancellation, sure, for example. Sure. So that would be something, a relationship that you would look for that let them do that piece of it if they want to integrate that kind of capability. That's into right. It. That's right. So there is a, and there's more than just Bose. There's a sure. bunch of people who yeah. do that, uh, that same type of thing. And so we could work um, to, to create that, uh, that, that system to do an, an active noise cancellation, but uh, we are already providing 25 decibels of attenuation passively. And that's just because the device fits so nicely into the ear and so closely. It it essentially does a better job of what those little foamy, squishy jobs mm-hmm. that you shove in your ear and they expand and hang out. You've got a big orange thing hanging out of your ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they do. Um, so it if you wore that foamy correctly, we're about the same level as what those provide. So I don't want to say, I don't want to misstate what we do. We, sure. we are not better than a foamy because you can technically get the same amount if of you jam attenuation. It all the way, yeah. If you but, jam it all the way, nobody does. Mm-hmm. But if you did, 
then uh, then we're, we're about that same level. But uh, you're, you're probably not used to that with your headphones. So, um, you know, the Apple headphones that you might get, those don't provide that much attenuation. So you're not used to being able to seal out that much sound with your headphones. So these devices, um, they feel like um, like a Bose active noise cancellation device just passively when you wear them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that much sound gets blocked out. It's, it's, it's significant. Now, are there in, in where you are right now, are there particular collaborations or partnerships that you're hoping to identify or are you just kind of throwing it out there? We're open to all comers. Yeah, no, we are working with some uh, some big brands you guys might be familiar with. I don't know how much I can share right now, but we are working with some uh, and there's some use cases that they're interested in and they all have their own way that they want to take this technology. But there there are some big, uh, big companies that we're working with. You have the Kickstarter campaign. So obviously you're still seeking funds. Are you in trying to find investment funds from other sources as well? One of the things that we try to do is is help our guests identify some of those resources, whether they are just investment investment funds or partnerships, We always ask at Health Connect South, what do you need? Yeah, yeah right, right, right. So we are considering uh, raising some additional uh, funds. And so we... we we would be interested in introductions if there's any that anybody that's interested, we would consider it. I guess I, I, don't, I don't know how to how to describe it better, but um, it's something that we we would pursue. So if I want to get my hands on a pair of these as an early adopter, then what do I need to do? So we would go to the Kickstarter right now. Um, you can buy the the headphones on there, and then we're going to be doing a scanning tour through the U.S. Um, so in Atlanta, we have our headquarters here, and we're going to do a couple locations as well. That's right on Peachtree Street, I think. That's correct. Yeah, if so you know where uh, Holman and Finch is, we're actually underneath uh, Holman and Finch and Restaurant Eugene. There's a basement in that building. <laughs> so we're, we're there. But so yeah, you can come to our headquarters and get scanned anytime. We're also going to do a couple events around the city where we'll kind of, it's like a, a pop-up. So we'll, we'll have a scanner, and we'll have uh, an event where people will come and get scanned. Um, and we're going to do that same thing across the U.S. and uh, I think around 60 different plate locations across the U.S. And we're also setting up permanent locations in many of the lo- those cities. So uh, like in New York, we have uh, Audio 46 is a permanent retail location in Manhattan where you can go get scanned um, at any time. And then we're going to set up more of those across the U.S. And if I go on the Kickstarter today and I order a pair, then I can expect to get the device, I guess, as you were saying, toward the end of this year. I won't get Right now, I won't get them in a week. Right. According to the Kickstarter, the $99 package gets you your uh, headphones in September and the $199 by November, by the okay. end of the year. Okay. So, Just so everybody In time for Christmas. We were talking earlier about once we get to direct to consumers and it's being produced out there, you can go into Best Buy or wherever you go and get, get some electronics. The goal then at that point in time is to get fitted. And then you get them in about a week. In about a week, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And we've we've actually done 3D printing on site too. So I don't know if you've seen. I had a, a TED talk or a TEDx mm-hmm. Emory uh, uh, where I did 3D scanning on stage. So it was an 18 minute talk. I scanned. I pulled somebody from the audience, scanned them, and then while I was talking, we 3D printed her headphones on some MakerBot. So the quality wasn't as good as some of these other products, but uh, we were able to do it quickly. So we we printed the headphones in 18 minutes and put them in her ear right at the end of the talk, um, <laughs> and that. It was it was cool to demo that we could do something like that. So I think in the future you could actually have the 3D scan occur at the retail location, and you could have the 3D print occur at the retail location. So you could have the whole thing on site. So is your technology that you're developing right now? You're going to pretty much exclusively focus on the ear and and devices for the ear, like like the Aware, or are you looking to expand 
custom wearables to other parts of the body? Because you mentioned the fact that when you were first going through your education, that you were scanning everything from cars to animals to body parts. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have some experience scanning feet actually, or for orthotics. So it's a very similar use case to uh, removing the silicone impression from this process. So um, the orthotics, I don't know if you're familiar, but the, mm-hmm. they, you'll go to the doctor and they'll take a, a plaster impression or a crush box impression of your foot and they'll send it off to a manufacturer. They'll 3D scan it and then send you back a, usually a 3D printed version of a, something that you fit in your shoe that gives you more support in an area you need it. Uh, so that's, that's an area that uh, I worked with. It's probably not uh, in particular with this scanner. So this scanner is, is actually good at scanning the internals of things. So what we developed was something that could scan inside of uh, an ear canal, uh, and we can use that in other applications as well. So like the nose might be another one we could go um, and scan there's there's certain use cases where that might be interesting to people or uh, teeth as well. Um, yeah. Well, I know you're a busy guy. You have some final thoughts before we get you back over to the office? Um, yeah, yeah, just, uh, I guess, check out our Kickstarter and, um, you know, you can buy the product right now. And then let us know if there's any use cases that you see that we haven't thought of that we, we'd love to hear about. If you want to learn more about the device itself, see some video. They have it on eFitAware. E-F-I-T-A-W-A-R-E.com, eFitAware.com. As I mentioned, there's a nice video there that you can really get a good look at. It's a very cool looking uh, set of headphones. Actually, I love the the light, the blue blue light on the outside. looks makes you kind of look like a cyborg when you're wearing it. (laughs) I might have to check check these out. This is kind of my kind of device. I'll be getting all kinds of biodata. I'm addicted to my Fitbit. I love the line about every wearable should be custom printed for your body and you all have the 3d scanning to get a head start on that that's right that's right so i i do think that this will change what you come to expect from your electronics so um you you i think you should expect your electronics to fit you perfectly Mm -hmm. and they they should they should measure you perfectly and that that's what this is enabling this is mass customization Right. And coming up in September, we oh, got yeah, the save the date, September twenty first. Uh, Health Connect South next big event will be at the Georgia Aquarium. So stay tuned to the website, and we'll there'll be updates for that. I know they're in the process of putting the speakers together, and the program committee had a meeting uh, to finalize the speakers. So pay attention to that, and also check out the connector. You'll get updates there as well. And. If they are going to register for the Health Connect South event, can they use a promo we'll code? We'll set up a Radio X promo code, just like we have in the past. So and stay you'll tuned. get a discount on yep. the... For loyal listeners of Health Connect <laughs> South, you'll be rewarded with a discount to the September 21st event. If you're coming back, you're checking out the podcast. If you've not done so already, go to the upper left-hand corner of the Health Connect South radio show page. You'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the podcast lives. You can subscribe to us. And that way, the new episode is downloaded straight to your device for the ride to work. And you'll get to hear about cool technologies and healthcare companies that are changing the way that we deliver healthcare in our area around the Atlanta metro and beyond in the, the, in the Southeast. Uh, so... Carl, I really appreciate you taking some time. It's a very cool technology that you're developing here. And I, like I say, I'm going to have to probably check this out myself. Thank you for having me. Yeah, th- I'm, I'm going to decide which level to get on the Kickstarter. So, Will I you buy wait. me a pair of the 249s? <laughs> if You can get the 99s for yourself. Okay. You yeah, we'll look into that and see. <laughs> so that's we'll great. think better, about better, it. Yeah, better hurry now. There's, <laughs> uh, they've got different levels in the Kickstarter and they're start, starting to fill up. So I urge everybody to check out the Kickstarter campaign the next 20 So days. those supplies are limited on Correct. the Kickstarter. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The price goes up 
I see. Do you know where the price point will ultimately land once it's straight to consumer? We, we, we actually don't know yet. Not, uh, we're, we're still working on finalizing the price for the consumer. North of 249 sounds like. So yes. get them now while you have the opportunity for a great price. And according to Carl, they're going to be very high quality uh, mm-hmm. headphones, not just cool ones that have some technology in them. They'll actually give you a very good sonic experience as well. And I know that'll be uh, important to a lot of people that are buying these. So I look forward to checking them out. And hopefully we'll have to have you back when we get some more information on various use cases that they're going into execution and be able to talk about those down the road. Great. Thank you. Well, everybody out there that made us a part of their day today, want to say thank you very much. We really respect your time and giving it to us to check out our content is uh, much appreciated. Jay Schaefer. CW, thanks again for uh, let me join you here. It's been very interesting. And all the folks over at Health Connect South, Russ LaPerry and Shivani Goswami and all their uh, staff over there at Health Connect South, thanks for helping make this show available. And I'm pleased to be working with those folks to help get the word out about all these cool organizations uh, facing healthcare in the Southeast. And we look forward to seeing everybody same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 